All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett Spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's, and we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Skyline studio. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Stoli Vodka. They have an uncompromising spirit. It's the kind they believe that turns players into icons. It's 100% grain to glass, and Stoli Vodka controls the entire production process, and there's no room for maybe. That is Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the Sports Grind, and you can pick it up at a specs near you. All right, so without further ado, uh, now it's time to be joined by blogging with the boys, R.J. Ochoa. How are you doing this afternoon, R.J.? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, thanks for joining us, taking time on your busy schedule. Now, we talked to you before. We, I talked to you right about at the end of August, right before we kicked off this thing, and we were talking about the expectations of the Cowboys uh, this year with kind of those talks about the Philadelphia Eagles. And, um, and you know, those kind of rumblings about how good the Eagles were is kind of coming to light. You know, of course, they're obvious the last undefeated team uh, in the league and leading that NFC East. But we embark on – getting into the second half of the season. So my question for you, Mr. RJ, is when you look at this team through the first half, when we're technically at the halfway point, um, have they exceeded your expectations? Have they met your expectations? Or have they underachieved your expectations? You know, I don't know how you can't feel like they have exceeded expectations, especially given the the challenges that they were dealt, what with Dak Prescott getting injured and Tyron Smith right before the season started. I mean, Things have, have really kind of, um, you know, happened in their own special, unpredictable way. And so um, I, I think even, you know, in our wildest dreams before any game was played, when, when the Cowboys were just kind of starting this whole thing off, 6-2 and two would have felt like a huge win. Um, so the fact that they've gotten here amidst all the chaos that they've endured is, is pretty impressive. Um, you can certainly chalk part of it up to, you know, a bit of a down year for the NFL as a whole, but... Uh, but what they've done is, is certainly worthy uh, of some pats on the back and some attaboys. Again, we're joined by R.J. Ochoa with Blogging Boys. Um, I feel that, you know, when you look at the Cowboys, and we talked about this, and like I said, I haven't talked to you in a while, but when we talked to you, um, we talked about in regards to the offense at the time, the young receiving core, and, you know, going into even before we dealt with Dak's injury uh, with the hand situation. Uh, but in my opinion – you know, when you look at this team offensively, and there's rumors with the Odell situation in this, but I know we went through a stretch where in the second half, and it's been like that for the most part of the season with this team, in the second half it's just been hard for them to generate offense in regards to, you know, and, and a lot of that, you know, stems from, in my personal opinion, and adjustments. And Kellen Moore is the guy that's pretty much been coming under fire with that. What's your assessment of the reason why most of the season they've been they've really struggled in the second half of games with, with scoring offense and moving the ball? You know, I, I think, um, you know, I certainly don't want to make any excuses for them, but I, I think part of that is not having their franchise quarterback for five games. I mean, that, that you know, that influences a lot of things. And I think, you know, you look uh, by any metric right now, today, the Cowboys are, are kind of an average to a little bit below average offense, and, and they've been missing back Prescott for all of that. And, and a lot of people have made a lot about how, you know, there hasn't been a 100-yard game had by any receiver on, on the team so far this season. But, but again, I mean, it's, it's a lot harder to climb a mountain when, when you don't have the proper gear if you, if you catch my drift. And so 
Um, I, that's not to say that Kellen Moore is infallible or that the Cowboys don't have their own warts independent of Dak, but, um, but, but I do think that, you know, we're, we're starting to kind of see them get a little bit more synchronized and kind of get back to, to what they envisioned, you know, when they sat down uh, in front of the, the holographic tools that they used at the star and laid out what they wanted this offense to look like back in the spring. Um, it, it was not Cooper Rush, a quarterback. It was not a, a Michael gallup wide receiver group for the first couple of games. It obviously took him a while to come back from the ACL. So um, I, I do think that, you know, they're kind of just getting their legs underneath them. And so I think it's fair to give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt as they get back here from the bye. Well, you know, I agree with most of that. I mean, I just feel it's one of those situations to where it's been, you know, Kellen Moore, I think, early on with him calling plays was very successful in regards to before. And I always feel like sometimes coordinators can figure out certain tendencies on guys. But also, I think a lot of it has to do with just the lack of experiences at the receiver position. Um, and before we talk about really the matchup this weekend with Green Bay and Dallas, uh, RJ, let's talk about really the elephant in the room and how much flirtation has been going on between Odell Beckham and Jerry. Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, my question to you is, I mean, you know, because, of course, we don't I don't know how healthy Odell is, but I do know it's going to have to be a contender. I, I don't think it really has anything to do with money. I mean, Odell's made enough money off the field and on the field. Uh, so definitely I'm looking at the, you know, the contenders of Dallas, you know, Buffalo. He has a relationship, you know, with Von Miller, won a Super Bowl with him last year. But what I question I have for you with this is really two. One, I mean, how serious do you really think Steven and Jerry is about bringing him into the fold? And then part two is, you know, I know I see Michael Parsons on Twitter like, hey, hey, let's get it done. Come on. I have to say, well, Michael plays defense. So how does the receiving, how does that receiving core room, how would they feel about that? That's not a look to say, hey, you don't think you, y'all don't believe in us? You know, C.D. Lamb's in that room as well, too. What's your thoughts on those two things? I don't think there's any um, ill will or, or any kind of hurt feelings that, that would be harbored. Um, you know, from, from signing Odell Beckham Jr., I think the Cowboys understand how close they are. I think that they can fully acknowledge that um, that anybody, any talented player at any position, helps them and helps them achieve their ultimate goals. This is a pretty humble team in that sense. And so, um, but but I am starting to think that you know that there's a lot of smoke here. I mean, this is um, you know we've all kind of known uh, a couple where where each person you know was you know, confided in us and said, I, I like them. They like me, you know, whatever. And, and it's just kind of like, Hey guys, I mean, get the dance floor. Like, what are you waiting on? Everybody here knows what's going to going on here. And so it really does feel like that. I mean, I, I can't recall uh, another instance where it was, it was like this. I mean, it's more than just the, the fit makes sense that the Cowboys need a receiver that Odell needs a team that, you know, the match makes sense. It's, there is a lot of, you call it flirtation. There's a lot of just straight up to the point bluntness happening here. Cowboys players outright saying they want him. And so, I'm of the, the personal opinion that it's starting to feel a little bit inevitable, and I, I, I can't believe that. I mean, it's a really kind of fun, interesting story to watch. Yeah, I agree with you, RJ. I mean, I was just, you know, you have your post close to that team. I was just thinking, well, you know, you got to understand, I mean, the psyche of young guys, especially young receivers, sometimes unlike veterans, they can look at, take that person. But I agree with you. And and to me with Odell, I mean, I think the important things of it, if this does come to the light and is the fruition and he is a Dallas Cowboy, I think Dallas has to look at this as this is like a, I won't say a long-term thing because you're going to get him for cheap and it's probably going to be incentive-based because we don't know what his health's going to be like. But I would really look at 
them to look at this not really just for a playoff run or a division run or to catch Philly. Really look at it as like a two-year commitment, a two or three, like really commit to see what he can do. And, I mean, he's not that old. You know, I mean, he's been cut on now a few times. But um, but I agree with you. But moving on, before we let you out of here, uh, this matchup this weekend between the Packers uh, and Dallas, you know, it's hard for me to look to see Aaron Rodgers, a four-and-a-half-point underdog at home against any team, but especially Dallas. But if you look at the struggles of the Packers, they really been struggling um what are you looking for what are the keys you think for dallas this weekend in regards to what you've seen of the packers and their struggles what is the keys this weekend for the cowboys to stay aggressive and really set the tone to say hey man we're just better than y'all this year and that's the way it's going to be what's your keys to victory for dallas this weekend i i think it's just to to be relentless i mean you know i know that sounds kind of cliche but this is there's a lot of emotion here there's the cowboys packers of it all there's the mike mccarthy of it all um, there's coming back from the bye. There's the fact that, you know, it's America from the week. The whole country is going to be watching this game. I mean, there, there's a lot of non-football stuff surrounding this game. I mean, you know, Fox was hyping this game up last week during the World Series. And so uh, people have kind of you know, been looking forward to this game. And so, um, I, and I think, you know, w- what I think you want to see, if you're an elite team, people talk about like, well, it's a trap game, whatever. I think elite teams, and I think this is one of them, that they, they you know, they kind of just blitz through trap games. Okay, cool. Try to trap us. We're just, we, we can't be trapped. But, but I think beyond that, I, I think elite teams have a killer instinct. And, and I think, you know, that, that that's, that's kind of what this team has. I think they kind of smell blood in the water. They know that, that, you know, their big brother, the team who lives in their head rent free is, is onto their last leg. And so they can go and, and they can break their spirit. I mean, the Packers fired Mike McCarthy four years ago after their seventh loss of the season. Um, they can go up there on Sunday and give the Packers their seventh loss of this season and, and really just kind of announce themselves in, in, in a new era, a changing of the guard, so to speak, as far as this relationship and this dynamic and this rivalry is concerned. So I think, I think it's just that. I think it's, you know, business trip, get it done, leave no doubt, you know, just run in and get the job done like a bunch of savages. I totally agree with you. I, I agree with everything on that take because I do feel like it. And I'm a big preacher that I feel like if you're that team, I mean, if you're supposed to make that leap or be a contender, even though that's Aaron Rodgers and the name on the back of the jersey and that's Packers, that's Lambo, you're supposed to go in. I mean, I, I haven't heard, but I don't think it's going to be extremely horrible weather, but we are getting into that time of year where weather's going to be a factor in some of these games. But I feel you do have to go punch them in the mouth and you have to make sure to let them know, like, there's no hanging around. We're better than you and that's it. Because I feel like it could be one of those that if you really let the Packers use this game to get off the mat and go a run to compete with the wild card, I don't think Minnesota's going to have a collapse. I think they're going to win the North. But yeah, I totally agree with you in the mindset. And also, even to your point, RJ, is I feel that, you know, what what you said, you know, that's, you know, the seventh game. He was fired after the seventh game. This could be their seventh, you know, loss. I feel that if you really, and and we'll know how they really feel about Mike McCarthy. I mean, I think they play hard for him. I mean, it's been a lot of, you know, whirlwind, and that comes with the territory with uh, head coach of the Cowboys. But I feel like everybody knows, and people that cover the game like you do and people play the game, you know, Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, did Mike McCarthy pretty wrong. I mean, I think that, you know, the little kind of talk behind the back, trying to be kind of dumbfounded, like, oh, I was shocked that they let him go. And I think as a team as Dallas, you know that. If you're a student of the league, you know what your coach is going and you know how much this game means to him. And I know Mike's been kind of quiet about it, but this game has to mean a lot to him, RJ. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, it, it obviously a really – big time story with how Mike McCarthy's departure went down. And, and I certainly think, uh, you know, I don't think anybody on the Cowboys team had anything to do with that, obviously, but, but I think that that irks you. I think you want to defend your guy and, and Mike McCarthy's their guy and that they've had his back at this point. And um, this, this is kind of the biggest and largest opportunity that there is to do something like that. 
All right, RJ. Well, man, I appreciate your time and your busy schedule checking in with us this afternoon and talk some Cowboys, man. And we look forward to talking to you again as we get into the playoffs. Of course. Anytime. Y'all let me know. Y'all have a great rest of your weekend. All right. Again, RJ Choa with Blogging Boys. And, um, yeah, I agree with a lot of most of the stuff RJ said. And I do feel like it's – if and one thing that he hit the nail on the head is I always a subscriber of that, man. If you're really that team, I don't care if you're talking NFL, college, you got to really – it comes to a time where you got to get over the bully. And you got to really say, hey, I don't care that you're Aaron Rodgers. You're struggling. We're better than y'all. And it's, it's one of those situations to where on the flip side of that, you know, to the Packers side, if there's ever going to be a stand – if they're going to make a stand on the season, it's now, in my opinion. It's now. Like, the talk with Aaron during the week, the whole whoever's out there, and, you know, he spent all this past week reminding us that he's won the MVP back-to-back. But the reality is, are those young receivers going to respond? Are they going to respond? You know, that's the deal. Like, look, you know, what, four straight games they lost? Three or four straight games the Packers lost? That's unheard of. You know, that's unheard of, especially a guy that held a, a franchise hostage for the last couple of years. Okay? Don't know if I'm going to want back. I want this. I want that. Okay? But now y'all been, y'all, now everybody, I told you, if they hover around 500 all season, the true color, the true character of who Aaron Rodgers is, is going to continue to spill out. And it is. And it always can get worse. You know, what do you got? Well, it's five straight losses for wow. the Packers now. Mm. And uh, if, if for Cowboys fans out there, anybody else following the Odell situation, uh, it is it is heating up. And hot off the press, RJ has an article over on bloggingtheboys.com right now. Stephen Jones says on Odell, we'll just roll up our sleeves and see if there's an opportunity. So go check that out. Uh, follow RJ at RJ Ochoa on Twitter. Yeah, he knows his Dallas stuff. I give him credit for that. Um but no, man, I mean, it's just one of those that with Aaron, it's, you know, this is the time if you're going to make a stand. I feel the same thing with, with Tampa this weekend in Munich, which we shouldn't even be playing this game over in Germany. And it has nothing to do with any political views or whatever. If y'all listen to the show long enough, you know I hate this stuff. Like, I'm cool with London, but it's like, okay, they're going to give us the German national team come over here play states? I know they're not. I get it. There's millions and millions of views in merchandise bought in Germany for the NFL. I get it. Matter of fact, I think that stadium they're playing, that's the only stadium in the world, I think, that changes colors. Did you know that? When you look at it, it's like it goes to red and it goes something like it's state of the art stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, they're playing that. But back to the game. 830 in the morning. If Tampa's going to make a run, if they're going to get hot, if this last second drive that Tom Brady led them on to beat the Rams last week, if this is going to catapult them to really set, separate themselves from this division that's just really hot garbage when you look at the records. It's going to really it, – the time is now. They've got to get it done. I mean, this – look, and tell you the truth, the Seattle, the Seattle bandwagon is, is high and moving. I mean, you got half of the media and half of the country that just wants to put Geno – like, we don't recall Geno from, one, how long he's been in the league. We've caught up in this narrative of this, this forever linked for situations between Geno and Russ. The, the train is moving. I think Seattle's playing hell of a good football. They're 6-3. and three. They're top of the West. Now, I believe I picked the 49ers to win the West. I think they'll still win the West. But you know what? They took another blow. They lost another cornerback uh, yesterday for the season, the 49ers. Seattle keeps playing and gaining confidence. They might win this division off a of default. I'm sticking with the 49ers. I mean, they still got to play each other, I think, twice. They haven't even played each other this year yet, I don't believe. 
The uh, Seahawks that, lost the Niners. They did already season. play? Yeah. Okay. Where was that one at? Was that 12-man or in, in Levi? Uh, that I'd have to check. Okay. So they've got to play one more time. But 49ers are getting beat up. But, no, Seattle, this is a very winnable game for Seattle. It, it's on the road. I mean, they're both considered mutual. I mean, it's in a whole damn other country. So anything could happen. But I think Tampa, if it's time for them to make a run, I think now is the time that they need to get things going. 1-800-707. 9760. All right, how much time? We got some time for some going. Yeah, we got about okay. uh, well, we got two minutes. Oh, we so got two I, minutes. I, I, yeah, let him go ahead and hold. Yeah, let's just go ahead and hold. Mike Motex will get to you on the flip side. Um, let's see, we got some Facebook Live. Josh Medina, uh, Medina's checking in. It says, What am I missing here? Arkansas just lost to Liberty and it's five and four in the season. That's right, Josh Medina, but this is for the boot. This is for that boot, man. And in and, and LSU, they lost to Arkansas. This is a rivalry down there in the region. Arkansas, if that team plays, uh, if he show, if that team shows up, they've got a good quarterback. They've got a good running game. Defense is in. But if they show up and play all facets of the game, special teams, defensive run, they're going to give you a fist fight. They're going to give you a brawl. LSU, look, man, if we want to keep it real, okay, if Young, if Bryce Young doesn't throw an interception on the first drive in the red zone to go up 7-0, that's a whole different ball game. I'm giving credit to the Tigers. They beat them. But LSU, first of all, they were picked, I think, to finish seventh in their conference, something like that. They have an opportunity to finish first, and they started the ball in, in Kelly's uh, first year. You cannot diminish that. But Arkansas, this is a winnable game for Arkansas. This game's in the foundation. It's short. The guys in the desert's only giving LSU a, f- a four-point favorite over Arkansas. Ask yourself, why is that? I think this is it should be a competitive game. Come all the way down to the final quarter. You listen to the sports grind. We'll get to the phones. We'll get to Mike and Motex when we get back. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jodis Clark producing. Bartlett spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Crowd. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Tai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Professionalism, respect, accountability, and communication. These are the values at Tiger Sanitation, serving the needs of the greater San Antonio area. From residential to commercial waste and recycling services, Tiger Sanitation works hard to keep the communities they serve safe and clean. After all, as a local family-owned business, their families live, shop, and play here too. For more, visit TigerSanitation.com. Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.
Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official Sponsor of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Barlett's been the one and twos in this R&B Friday. Today's show is presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. It's the weekend time. You deserve it. And we have been broadcasting from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is a perfect place where you can go grab that dose. It's Specs. All right. If you're looking to step up your cocktail game or get insider info on seasonal releases or order online for same day delivery, just go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here. Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Crime and an official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 1 800 707 9760. All right. As the cold front runs and rolls in South Texas. Supposed to be, now you're telling me it's supposed to be uh, 10 degrees next week, 10 to 15 degrees colder than normal? Yeah, watching the Weather Channel earlier this morning, and you've got a cold front blowing through next week. Well, like I said, last year, if anything, last year's a sign. It might be the fact we might be in for some colder winters, which I don't have a problem with that grow, growing up in South Texas. It's building with 105 degrees for four months out of the year but anyway but before we go to the phones we're gonna go to mike and uh motex here quick a couple other things uh nfl wise want to touch on some other games so i've told you buffalo i feel that uh they should have enough defensively if they're that team you know rj kind of just talked about it with dallas i feel the same way with buffalo that there's enough on that defense and case keenum i mean come on man that that's a vet there case has been surrounded by less talent than that okay I mean, he's worked with less than that. I think Case can get in there and not turn the ball over. Now, the thing that hurts them is that I think if they don't do something to improve this running team, running game as long how long that um, Josh Allen is going to be down, it's going to make the AFC East, like, interesting because they're already 0-2. I still think they're the best team in there, but I feel that this defense is going to step it up a notch. And if they're not – then you know we have to start looking at them suspect because it's like, damn, y'all right, y'all rely on Josh that much? Maybe that's the problem that we got to look in in the offseason, which I think they do too, because I think if they want him to stay healthy, even though this isn't a play he got hurt running the ball, they're gonna have to do something about that. Also, keep it moving. I think another key game on the cool though is that game between the Dolphins and the Browns. I think that is a interesting game, big game on the cool. Not getting a lot of attention to run, but I think you know it's one of those situations. If you look Cleveland, their last outing, been able to do what they did to the Bengals, the way they've been running the ball. Uh, Chubb is leading the league in touchdowns uh, right up there close if not leading it um but i feel this is a big game because if you look at miami i think miami's really starting to come in their hole because you look look 
no telling where this offense would be if it wasn't for that concussion with Tua, to be honest with you. I, I think it, you know, with a first-year head coach, first time with Tua, new offense, first time with Tyreek Hill, those games that Tua missed really paid some dividends. But I think what you see now, especially where they've been able to get some of these wins on the road and their offense clicks, I think this team could get a little explosive and get going. Me personally – It'd be hard for me to take Cleveland in this game with Joe Woods in the secondary the way he coaches against the Dolphins. Unless Joe's been in the lab and comes up with something special, the recipe for this is going to have to be Chubb to keep that offense off the field and have long drives. You know, Jacoby's returning to the scene for another patch. This is another place that the brother played, uh, you know, uh, black scotch tape and just covered up the holes. Now, more than scotch, they use Jacoby like duct tape for that wire tape, that thick stuff, not that scotch is thick. But this is a place, Miami. So you you would think that Jacoby would like to go get a victory against Miami. Not like he was drafted by Miami or anything, but that is a place where he stopped for a cup of coffee as well. 1-800-707-9760. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Motex. Motex, you're on the sports grind here on Ticket 760 and 1300 Zone in Austin and Fox South Central, South Texas and Waco. What's going on, Motex? What's going on, my man? Look, you brought back some memories talking about a church mouse peeing on cotton. That was just classic. Brought back some great memories. I've just been relishing in this Jimbo Fisher debacle. And tomorrow's game is going to be the pendulum game. Win or lose, all they're doing right now is getting about 15, 20 donors to go about $4 million, $5 million apiece so they can go ahead and close this chapter out and move on down the road. But they'll do it after they lose to LSU. I appreciate your show, man, and I really, really enjoy it. I'm glad I found you. And you have a fantastic weekend. And just the more they lose, the more I enjoy it. Have a great weekend, my friend. All right, Motex, I appreciate uh, the kind words there, and I'm glad you found me, too. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, that's an old Dusty for, you know, you Dusty. Not calling him old Dusty, but, you know, he might be Dusty more than him. But, yeah, pissing on cotton. But, look, man, that's all I want is the awareness about the Jimbo. Got a ski mask on right now, man, and it's fifth year. And A&M fans can get pissed off. Uh, uh, I don't know. Is Brian Kelly in his fifth year? Do you realize how awful LSU was last year? This is pretty much the same guys with a few transfer portals and the quarterback out of uh, Arizona State, that old Hearn. Boy, let me tell you something. They like you in Bristol. You're asking go for four or five years, go coach football, have sanctions. And I love Hearn. Got a picture of him. Met him at the Super Bowl last time years ago when he was in Houston. They will keep you a job. They, will, they brought Hearn's ass right back in. So, hey, there you go. Come on, Hearn. Back at the four-letter network. But come on, man. LSU was horrible. And look at Brian, look at Brian Kelly. He might win the SEC, might be going to the SEC championship game. What is Jimbo's deal? And you're right. I think Motex brought it down perfect. Four or five million donors. If you're serious about it, write the check. The team you playing Saturday, tomorrow, they've got an intern coach. That guy was two and a half, not five, not four. We like, well, not three. He was two, barely two and a half years into the deal, and they broke, they wrote the check. It's gonna cost them up north of $60 million. They serious. They got titles. They got national titles. Even though they bought one one year with Scam Newton. But that's a whole other that's a whole other story. 
but they got tight. They serious about it. I'm starting to think Texas. I mean, again, I've yet to come on here and say that he needs to be fired. All the, the, the more questions, the more mo text, the more listeners, the more I've heard a little bit like CBS Sports. They've had their write up, you know, in regards to who their coaches on the hot seat are. They had Jimbo listed. That's all I wanted because it's, he should be. Now, I think, you know, now if they don't become if they don't get bowl eligible, it, it might get a little hairy. But I do believe they're going to let Jimbo Fisher come back for at least one more year. But somebody, a booster, a team president, somebody's got to put something out there and leak somebody like, hey, this is really unacceptable. We're, we're, we're trying to compete and win national titles. Or, yeah, man, if you pay a man that much, why can't you out this? Well, why can't you put that out there? That's all I'm saying. 1-800-707-9760. All right, let's go back to the phone. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 1300 Zone in Austin and Fox South Central, South Texas and Waco. What's going on? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I'll tell you another game. I'm, I'm a, Before I get to the Cowboys, another game I'm looking forward to watching. Can you imagine what uh, Mike Shanahan has drawn up for the 49ers, you know, with uh, Debo coming back and Christian McCafferty? Uh, you saw what he did with that one week of, of work with McCafferty. You know, when he threw the touchdown. So, this is what San Francisco going to do on Sunday night when they play. So, let's see what happens with San Francisco's offense. Now, let's get back to Cowboys. Now, here's one thing I want to see in this game, man, because I still. We lost. Yeah, I think Mike's. I think he's. he's I know Mike's on the road driving. I think he hit one of them rural and areas. This weather? Yeah. Ooh. Pass around, probably pass through like Buddha or something. You know, you go through Buddha right there, bad receptions. If you go like them, some of them, I go to, you used to go to Lake Charles down to Louisiana. Like once you go past like Orange, Texas, like right when you leave in the border, tell like you get some bad receptions. That's probably what happened to Mike. But anyway, I get the legit, I'll, I'll respond to this. You got Mike. time if you want yeah, to call yeah. back, Mike. Yeah. Now just concentrate on the road, Mike. You'll be okay. Don't, let I me, mean, don't, you're all right. Let me just answer this question. Um, look, and this is a deal. First off, Mike, now I know, look, Mike Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan, not Mike Shanahan, um, Mike. But I know Mike Shanahan probably still does get some pointers to his son here and there. But I think Kyle didn't earn his stripes. Look, they've got the Chargers. They're a seven-point favorite. I wouldn't touch this game because, honestly, man, the 49ers, I'll tell you this right now. With the injuries they've had, the injuries the 49ers had, if they go on to win this division – and going to playoffs, Kyle Shanahan better finish about second in coach of the year voting at worth because of the injuries that they're getting depleted with. But I think if you look at this game with Chargers, I think definitely this is a game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers find a way to win this game, even as up and down. You don't know what Chargers team is going to show up. It just depends on his the health. Now, yes, Chris McCaffrey's there. Debo should be back for this game. But they're really getting beat up on the defensive side of the ball. 1-800-707-9760. Also, sticking with the NFL, a couple other games on the radar. Of course, Tennessee. Denver and Tennessee, you know, Tennessee, they're going to win the AFC South most likely, you know, unless Jeff Saturday has something to say about it. That's going to quickly become Jeff Sunday. Get it? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jeff Saturday. Well, that's about, as, that's about as funny as this whole situation is what they've done in Indy. It's just about that hilarious. I, I'll tell you this. Um, Tennessee Titans, 
you know, that's one thing Coach Vrabel can do, and he's can game plan. I believe Styles make fights. They can play Kansas City. I mean, again, Tennessee, talent-wise, it's amazing what Coach Vrabel's doing. They're retooling, man. They have no receivers. They've got Henry, and they've got a disciplined offensive line. Probably one of the tops in the game. Their defense can play. Their defense can bring it. But I think what you saw against Kansas City was more of a style make fights. This game here with Denver coming in, you know, they're coming off in the bye. We're going to find out in Wembley, in London, did they become a team? Did they find out anything to tweak to help themselves on offense? That would be a very interesting game. I know Tennessee's a short field goal favorite at home. The only thing I know really about that, I mean, that game made the foundation too, but I'll tell you that under because this is going to be an ugly, I believe, low-scoring defensive game. And somebody's going to have an opportunity to win this game, I believe, in the fourth quarter. Because I just don't see them. And this is the difference. When you look at Chicago and you trade two of their best defensive players, look at their defensive effort in the last few weeks, starting with that Dallas Cowboy game. It's been bad. But it takes a suck of life out of that. Opposite in Colorado, when you see – I'm very interested to see because when I hear Justin Simmons has a captain on his chest, you know, things like that, I feel that it's a situation when you trade a chub. It's more of Bill's conflict because it's like, damn, they really believe in these young two cats. Randy Gregory should be. So I don't anticipate the defense really stepping too far back. I believe we got one of the – they've got one of the youngest, best minds of defensive coordinators in the game. That brother can coach. I mean, they're top three. Like I said, if, they, if their offense could have scored in the first half of the season, it would have took their offense to average 20 points a game. Be undefeated. Right there with Philly. Or right one loss. That's all. They need an offense that can go in 2023 if they score this. This game will come down to the fourth quarter, but this is definitely a winnable game, I believe, for the Broncos over Tennessee. I believe style makes fights. And I don't believe anybody in the AFC South, the way they're structured with the type of defense that Denver has, really has a threat offensively to them to really go in and challenge. It's going to be a tough load with Henry because eventually it wears down. So that's obviously one of the games that I have on my radar as well. Um, and any other games in NFL, we'll see how it goes out there. Uh, you know, this is the time mostly where you're going to have a lot of these teams, a few teams on bye weeks, you know, getting buys in. Um, like I said, the Chargers, they're a seven-point underdog against San Fran, but, you know, again, San Fran is beat up for the most part. 1-800-707-9760. You know, another thing that I didn't have on the docket uh, that I wanted to bring up because it came across my radar, you know, we're about, I don't know, seven days, eight days away from the World Cup in Qatar. I've heard so many people pronounce that different ways. Qatar, Qatar, I'm going to call it Qatar. Cause I'll butch it either way, but I'm going to call it Qatar. But, you know, we're about seven, eight days away from the World Cup. And it got me thinking, it got me looking around, and I'm going to use this point and not the bash because, look, they've represented this country so well as we sit here honoring our veterans on this day. How could I really talk bad or down to somebody that's represented the flag as a team in a team sport as women's soccer? But let me tell you something about our women's soccer team, and I'm going to use it to show you kind of what I'm saying about in regards to when we beat the drum about, and I always tell you, there's certain things that I agree, but there's certain things I think we get so caught up in the climate we've been when we're talking about, you know, equal pay, equal pay. They deserve this, equal pay, equal pay. Our United States soccer women's team has lost three games in a row. 
That is unheard of. To Germany, they, they went down to Germany. Like I haven't studied them. I don't know what the deal is. I know they still got Alex Morgan. They've got most of the core. My point is, it is not a bleep on the radar. Not a bit. Do you know how dominant our women's soccer national team has been for like the last decade? If our men's team was as dominant as they were, this would be news every, even though this ain't, we're in the middle of football season, we got basketball. If we had a national team on the way to a World Cup that had had the record that our women's team would, this would be all over. It's at the bottom. They've lost three games. That's a big story. So when we sit there and wonder why sometimes like, hey, man, why don't they get paid to say it always garners back to the interest and the level. And they represented this country with grace. I love our women's soccer team. But that's on the back page. They lost three in a row. That is a big story. Can you imagine any other men's soccer team in any other country? They go on a three of, uh, as dominant. Our women's team is up there with a Brazil's men's team. What they're a Germany, a, you know, Argentina. That's our women. For other others, now I think Title Nine has played a big part of that over the years because our women have been playing sports, athletes. We got athletes, but it's at the bottom of the page. That's all I'm saying. One eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven sixty. All right, real quick before we get out of here, because we're almost out of here, let's give you another foundation edition. These will be out tomorrow. Make sure you, uh, sometimes I don't put them, I don't know if I put them on Twitter, but you can follow me on Twitter at Sports Grind, but they'll be out shared through uh, Facebook Live, and not live, but stories, and then SGE on the IG. But let me go ahead and get the picks out of here before we get, I think we're coming, we're sitting right at about 50% for the season with three pushes. I'm only, I think last year was the first time out of 13 years I finished under 50%. But let's start in college, okay? I'm going to go with Baylor. Shout out to Waco. They've got Kansas State coming in. Baylor, we didn't get a chance to get to it, but next week, especially what happens tomorrow, I want to look at Baylor's finishing schedule. It's a little bit of gauntlet, but they're not out of this thing either. I like them at home, minus two and a half. San Jose State, this is a 930 game. I've been looking for it. Ain't nobody really looking at San Diego State and San Jose State, but this is a big one for their conference. I like San Jose State, minus two and a half. And then Arkansas's Catching four points against LSU. I like the four points. I even would put a little bit on the money line on Arkansas as well. And I like Wake Forest money line minus 190. They've got uh, North Carolina, and I like Wake Forest over them. Texas, the last one, this is an eight-pack for y'all this weekend. The last one in college is going to be Texas minus seven and a half. I like them to beat, T, uh, to beat TCU by 10, and we'll see what the committee does after that. Also, on the NFL side, make it real quick, Broncos catching three. Why is Tennessee only a field goal favorite over the Broncos? At home, I like Denver, but really take a look at that under Miami. I like Miami money line minus 185 against Cleveland. I just don't trust Joe Woods in that secondary against a team like this in a passing game like Miami and the level two has been playing on. Also, Bills, I'm riding the defense. I think Vaughn and the guys, I understand the situation. They hear the chat. Oh, here comes Buffalo. They're about to go. Josh can't play. They're going to step up. I like them to win that. That's minus 190 on the money line. The Colts, look. This ain't going to work. It ain't going to work a long time, but you can win a game. You know, we didn't get to Joe Thomas ripped the Colts. He took a cheap shot at Ursay, too. I caught it. And you want to hire your drinking partner, which was low blow. Everybody knows Ursay's had drinking problems, but Joe Thomas was pissed. You got to go read. We had time to get into it, but you got to go read that. But I like the Colts. Plus four and a half. The Raiders, man, they put Wallers on IR. 
Hunter Winfro, they just signed. They put him on IR yesterday. Raiders are reeling. I think the Colts can cover that number at plus four and a half. It might win outright. And I'm going to take the Packers. It's hard. As much as I ride his ass, pause. It's hard to not take uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers at home with any points. He's catching plus four and a half at home against Dallas. That's your foundation picks. They'll be out tomorrow. That's a wrap for the day and the week. Special thanks to producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Bartlett spinning the one and twos. San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off Monday morning before you hit the snooze button and before you roll out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See y'all Monday.